Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are locked on Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Mavericks for Tuesday, March 28th, episode number 102, if you know what I mean. And we are brought to you by SeatGeek, per use. Um, SeatGeek has taken something that is a, a real pain in the butt process of uh, getting tickets and getting out to live events that you want to be at. And they made it simple for you. So you want to get out to Rangers opening day, April 3rd. Maybe you want to go see Metallica June 16th. Well, it'd be nice to know that you're getting the best deal. And they can do that for you because they will grade each individual ticket on their site and um, put a grade score on it there for you. So you can be uh, you can be certain that you're getting the best deal. You can click on the seat, see your sight line. And, uh, you know, all the, all the things that you might think of that uh, you would worry about, they've worried about them in the past. And now they've taken, uh, you know, the little sticky parts of it and made it real simple for you. And even uh, more importantly, they like to save you some money. So if you download that SeatGeek app, throw it on your iPhone or your Android uh, telephone, and you uh, click on the bottom right, that's the Me tab, that's the Accounts tab, that's the uh, Settings tab, you're going to enter a promo code where it says Enter Promo Code. And that promo code is going to be LOMAVS. And why are you going to do that? Well, because it will save you $20 off your first purchase via the SeatGeek app. So they made it simple for you, and they saved you a little bit of money. And uh, there you go. We're also brought to you by Bodark Consulting. They've been around since 2006. They're based uh, locally here in Flower Mount over in the Flomo. What they do is they develop software solutions for businesses of all sizes, whether you're a tiny startup or you're that uh, big juggernaut. They can fix stuff for you. Some of their specialties include web and mobile applications, improving user experience and productivity, customizing and extending enterprise software packages, cloud application development, systems integration, and interneting of all the things slash automation. Bodart can identify the right technology solutions to accelerate your business potential. Please go check them out if you're in need of uh, said goods at bodark.com. Once again, Bodart Consulting, we thank them for uh, sponsoring the podcast. All right, so I'm Mike. At Machine Sports, he's Jake at Not Jack Kemp. Um, we've got a uh, <laughs> Mavs disastrous 92-91 to 91 loss at home, uh, guaranteeing their first losing season in 17 seasons. Um, blah, 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 all that. But uh, let's start with the fun stuff. Our son, Nerlens Noel, he's got like an elbow jumper in his game. Where'd that come from? Yeah, I think we've talked about this a little bit before, that he's shown some things just in his month here that he didn't really show all that much even in a year and a half, two and a half full years in Philadelphia. I mean, yeah. 
the floater was the first one that mm-hmm. people, I think a lot of people probably saw and like, what the hell? Then he's got a little baby hook. And Jason pointed this out on Twitter last night, and I definitely had noticed it, but I don't think I had pointed it out. His his floater finish is almost always left-handed. Yep. Yep. But he's a right-handed shot. Like, whenever he took that shot from the elbow last night, or two nights ago, or two games ago maybe, he had a, a baseline jumper from, like, 13. Mm-hmm. And I had to double-take last night when he stroked that, like, because he's not – so big that he obviously stands out as being like a five. Mm-hmm. So whenever I first saw him pull up, I'm like, "Who is that?" Yeah, his little um, like Lamarcus Aldrich like double take like who's 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 shooting from the elbow right now? It's not uh, you know the big Goliath person. It's the dude that has a little bit of touch to him. And I was blown away, and he generally last night. I mean, he missed a couple dunks. I think I'd, there were three or four missed dunks in last night's game, like more mm-hmm. than I'd seen uh, in one game in a long time. Barnes missed a big one, um, so he missed a couple dunks. So he actually could have ended up with an even better line than he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he was, you know. And then the other thing is, is that Salah was great too. Yeah, he gave him some pretty big minutes. Uh, so it's not like, I mean, Noel had a minus 15. He was really good in the first quarter, but they were down. It was like no one else could hit anything. Mm-hmm. And then Salah came in the game whenever they were down five, and when he checked back out, they were up like eight. Yeah, we need to we need to figure out his handedness. I don't know if he just likes layups and dunks with his left hand and strictly shoots jumpers with his right. But I, every time I see him take somebody off the dribble, he goes, like, to his left. Yeah. Like, he gets close to the basket, and it's in his left hand. and that's He shoots free throws right-handed pretty that's well. E- that's exceptionally weird. Like, I don't, I've, I don't know another player that does that. So there were two plays last night. The first one is early in the game when he – I don't even know. Let's see. What's, what, where were we point-wise? It was in the, within the first few minutes of the game. Um, let's see here. The 744, the one where he, like, finger-rolled. Like, he mm-hmm. – he, he went to the rim. He caught the ball like the three-point line and went to the rim. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. Yeah. And then there was a play, I don't know, I think in the second quarter, or maybe it was late in the first, where I think Matthews like baseball passed it down the floor. Oh, room. the transition one? Yes. Where, where he caught it and like swooped over one defender and then like yes. extended over the next one. Yeah. That, that, was, like a, that was a little brown play. I could not believe that he pulled that off. I mean, I saw it in real time, and I, like, kind of didn't think of it. And then I, they replayed it, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I mean, you know, like, Cat and Boogie, those yep. guys can do that. But there just aren't that many big guys that you see that can catch that maneuver back to the inside of the lane and finish the layup. Like, yeah. that, was, that was incredible. They get, they get rips, or they lose the ball. Or uh, it just doesn't end up in or the they basket. Just stop, they just stop the break. Yeah, exactly. They stop it and they kick it back out. But he's like, nah, I'm good. I got this. I'll s- basically swim move the first guy and then, uh, you know, shield the second guy and just get a finger roll. And it looks so easy. I was like, he didn't make a deal of it. No. <laughs> so, so I didn't notice it. But, yeah, that's so not, that doesn't happen. He played 27 minutes. And up until the final three and a half minutes, it looked as if the Mavericks were about to be 8-1 and one in games where he plays 20 minutes or more. Wow, that's nuts. I did, then, not, I did not think about that. Yeah, but then <laughs> – so they went on a 31-9 run in the uh, – what, into the first, um, into the second quarter. 
and they got up uh, 45-30 at one point. Uh, OKC only scored 10 points in the second quarter, shooting 3 of 15 um, from the field, which included a six-minute drought. Um, just for reference, like, so their next, so their starting lineup of, uh, you know, Westbrook, Roberson, Oladipo, um, Taj, and Steven Adams was a plus 45.9 in net rating. Their next three lineups, and two of those actually have Westbrook in them. They just take random people off uh, and slide them around. But the, the second one they used was uh, Samaj Christian, Jerian Grant, uh, Grant uh, Cantor, McDermott, Oladipo. They were a negative 50. The next one was a negative 28, and the next one was a negative 63. And you saw last night probably why Russell Westbrook deserves to be the MVP, and you also saw in the same moment why the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to get their ass bounced in the first round. Because when you take him off the court or you take their starting unit off the court, um, they just get nuked if Cantor isn't this white hot. And I've done a lot of their games this year, and I've seen games where if Cantor's playing well, like and if they can run their offense through him and get away with Russ being off the court, um, or Russ like not, you know, just ball dominating, then they're gonna run you out of the gym. But when teams are smart and they realize, uh, okay, this guy ain't beating us, like make Taj Gibson do work or something like that, dude, they have no chance. And a good team will score one bucket in that final three thirty. Um, or even a team with Seth Curry playing um, would score a bucket in that final 330, and they would lose a game they have no business losing. And it's uh, it sucks for them because I, I know they've tried. They've made a ton of moves. They just have this giant uh, just void at backup ball handler. And they got rid of their one promising one to try and, you know, re-up some of their perimeter shooting and their, and their rebounding. But... Good God, they get destroyed when, whenever Russ isn't just taking over. You know, I thought it was weird, too, that even when he was taking over with 30 seconds left, I think, they got mm-hmm. the ball back down one, mm-hmm. and he took a shot like seven seconds into the shot clock. Yeah. Yeah, that was, um, what was it? It was, that was 10 seconds in, but still, Barnes missed the, the fadeaway from the block. Yeah, the ISO fadeaway. To- yeah, down at the block it, with 31 seconds left, and Russ put a shot up with 20. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do if you hit that? Yeah, well, exactly. If you hit it, the Mavericks are calling a timeout down one, and they're taking mm-hmm. the ball at half court, and they're probably going to get a pretty good look to win the game, and you're not going to touch the ball again. Yeah. He was really lucky that that worked out that way. Yeah. Because, and the reason it worked out that way, I mean, really – it's so frustrating that that walk didn't get called or that carry because the you walk hate in bi- the inbound play. Like, what was that? <laughs> well, on the carry, you hate to bitch about it because right. it's a referee play. You know, eh, you don't want to blame it on the refs. But really, I mean, that happened at, I think, a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if Adams scored there or Westbrook, but I think it was when Adams scored and Dallas called a timeout. Mm-hmm. And Rick's like already halfway onto the floor before the timeout is called. It's ninety-one eighty-five with a minute forty-nine left, and the Mavericks after that only had one more timeout. Yep. So the Mavericks called timeout. Had that been called, the Mavericks would have had the ball up ninety-one eighty-three, not eighty-five, 
They would have been up 91-83 with a minute 49, an extra timeout, and the ball. So at worst, when they give the ball back to Oklahoma City, there's like a minute 25 left, and it's a seven-point game. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a six-point game, or excuse me, it would have been an eight-point game. Yeah. So even if the Mavericks don't score right there and go up 10, mm-hmm. there's almost no chance that Oklahoma City closes that gap without those two points and without those 20 seconds being left on the clock. That's just that's, that's horseshit. They should have, the ball should have gone over to Dallas. They would have taken the air out of the ball. Even if they don't score, they're up eight. Now Oklahoma City's got an eight-point gap to close with 80 seconds. They're not doing it. Because look what they barely were able to do what they did. Yeah. They needed every single second on the clock. There's no way they would have pulled that off. You'd have yeah. a win right now. And the, the only way that they get back in it is if they score on all but one of their possessions. And I thought the Mavs did – I mean, the one thing they did do good in that final 330 is, like, use as much clock as they possibly could. Yeah, it created, like, bad shots at the end of the, uh, end of the shot clock. But that was, like, such a, just a – that was a gauntlet that you had to, like, zigzag through for three and a half minutes – that made very little sense, especially if you consider the rush travel and the inbound play, which, okay, <laughs> if you're going to knock a guy off his path from the ball, you can't also call the ball coming off of him. That's not how that works. Like, that's typical YMCA, like, Wednesday night basketball bull crap where a dude separates you from the ball by throwing his body into you. And you can do that on uh, <laughs> whenever we're playing with our friends and you can just get pissed about it. But in an NBA game, when a dude weighs 40 pounds more than you and plows through you and separates you from the ball and it comes off of you, you can't call that. Like, you got to call a foul or you got to, you know, at least give the Mavs the ball there. I thought that inbound was dog ass. I would go a step further or even probably a step back and say just only from a basic level, I'm not sure that there was enough evidence to overturn the call on the floor. That too. That too. I mean, it was very close. This, the first look they showed in the arena, it was like, oh, that's clearly off JJ. But when they slowed it down, it looked like both their fingertips were just sort of pushing the ball at the same time. Mm-hmm. They called it They called it Mavs' ball on the floor. Again, Mavs get the ball back there. The Thunder don't win. Yeah. So there's like, it, on one hand, you're blown away by what you saw from Westbrook. On the other, you're like, man. Yeah. I don't know. Another, and they do that kind of crap. I mean, they've had another game this year uh, when they played Memphis. I was actually working that game when they finished the game on a 15-0 run. And this was a 14-0 run. And there's only one other team that's done that this season. Um, and OKC's done it twice now. And, I mean, Russell is very, very clutch. Like, he makes jump shots that he has no business making. Um, I didn't look up clutch rating or whatever um, for the season, but I guarantee you he's – one or two because he makes some nonsense crap but they don't win that game without some assistance it just doesn't it's a mathematical like if you look at win probability like they had no business winning that unless you get that weird inbound turnover um the Mavericks literally don't get one good look and they threw Dirk in there um when was it it was after um let's see so Westbrook banks banks that one off the glass, ninety one ninety. Barnes ISO fadeaway, then the inbound play, and I think Dirk comes in there at some point in there, um, because Rick really just wanted to get one good offensive look, and the whole time I'm sitting there screaming like, you, your looks, your offensive looks aren't the problem, it's that Taj Gibson and Stephen Adams are destroying you on the boards, 
Yeah. Um, and they did. They were doing something that's really smart that never really gets talked about because, I don't know, talking about rebounding scheme isn't that fun. But basically, they were both, like, bodying Nerlens. Um, they would both put their butt on Nerlens on the offensive end and on the other end. And that's what the difference in the game for me was, is that they had uh, – let's see how many second chance points they had in the fourth. Uh, 11 second chance points in the fourth – uh, 16 points in the paint. And, I mean, when you just can't get a board, I mean, Golden State last year in the finals, a yeah. lot a lot of that. That's what that felt like. I was like, you just can't get a rebound. Uh, I mean, putting... that's, that's one of the best rebounding teams yeah. in the NBA by far. I mean, they're a rare team, too, that's very good on both offense and defensive glass. Mm-hmm. And when they throw yeah. two dudes at Nerlens and they're keeping Barnes out by the perimeter, like, there is no chance. There's no chance for us to get aboard. And it was very smart of them, and I think Rick made the move. He made the – I don't even know what you would do with that current – with that, you know, with that lineup um, to to fix that other than maybe throw Dirk in there earlier. But it was just it – was, it was suffocating at one point. And uh, I, didn't, I truly didn't think they were going to lose. <laughs> like I had no, no – at no point in this did I think, oh, the Mavs are definitely, definitely going to lose this game. Um, but there you go. That's uh, that's loss number, let's see, 42, 31 and 42 on the season. If you don't have anything else from the game, we can look at uh, what that kind of does to the standings. Yeah, I mean, the real, they're not going to get into the top eight. The top eight are set because there's three wins. The Timberwolves are making sure of that. Oh, Timberwolves are free-falling, dude. The Timberwolves have decided, look, we know what we're doing here. Yeah, they figured it out. I mean, the top say, eight are the. Are, I mean, what are you talking? Three wins separate you, though. I think they might be able to get to eight if you play your cards right. I think they could get to eight because you you play New Orleans next. I mean, I, I obviously you could in the the way it flipped. Well, no, I mean because only the top three move, right? Um, what do you mean when the whenever you uh, pick the lottery balls? Yeah, I think no, you can get in the top three. They have a, right now they have a 4% chance right, to get a right. top three. Right, right. I'm just saying after that, uh, everything else just goes by record. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so, saying, like, probably they're, we're just looking right now at just their, their standings. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean you, can, you could duck under Sacramento if you put your mind to it. Um, they've won two in a row. They beat Memphis last night. You get to play them uh, coming up uh, four games from now. Well, this, you know they're not going to sit anybody but Dirk. Well, I mean, if this Curry thing lingers, if his shoulder thing lingers, and then you sit Dirk, and then you do – okay, one thing last night we got to bring up. I mean, they weren't trying to lose that game. Um, clearly weren't trying to lose that game whenever they got into it. But, okay, so Curry sits, and then you only play nine guys. They played yep. nine guys. They played a nine-man rotation. Dwight Powell can't catch one minute in that game. Um, Prasino, whatever. Manny Harris, whatever. And Jared Utoff, whatever. But you roll a nine-man rotation against that team, which they routinely use (laughs) their entire bench. I mean, Sabonis didn't play. I guess he was hurt or something. But they're exceptionally deep. I felt like they were kind of set up to lose a little bit. (laughs) Just real real low-key. Yeah. When I miss you, Curry, too. Yeah, dude. I mean, if he's in there, they don't lose that game, quite honestly. 
They don't. There's no way they lose. He gets one of those buckets, or he gets a decent look, or he gets fouled uh, in the final 3:30. And Yogi did his best, like in the fourth quarter. I was pretty proud of him. I was, uh, I was standing up cheering whenever he hit that three. I was like, "All right, dude, let's do it then. If you're gonna, if you're gonna play, you know, your ass off, go ahead and win it." But um, if Curry's in there, they don't lose that game. And uh, I guess tomorrow we can kind of look at, um, at what everybody has left in terms of the Kings and the Pelicans. Um, in our quest to get that eighth pick instead of uh, the 10th pick. But right now, um, 538 has them projected for the ninth. They have the Pelicans jumping over them um, up to the 10th pick. And it's really going to come down to, I think it's these remaining games of you got the Pelicans Wednesday night and you got the Kings uh, next Tuesday. And seven of these final nine are on the road. And if Seth's shoulder is still hurting them, you don't go. Uh, and if Dirk doesn't want to play, you know, uh, that back-to-back, that Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back that's coming up, yeah, don't play. And then we'll see where the cards fall. But, uh, yeah, we're uh, – There's no ca- chance that Barnes is going to sit, though, even though he clearly looks like he's oh my God. really struggling. He He's not going to sit. Yeah. And I, I bet uh, – I bet Wes doesn't either. No, Wes won't. I mean, he had a good – if he didn't have a good game last night or – a you know, it was a fine game. It was 15 points, but it was two of nine from three. Um, and even if he did, he, the only way he knows is to, like, meet uh, meet challenges with aggression. So I think he would just, like, play through it and fight through it. But, uh, yeah, there's there's not much they can do to it besides if this Seth's shoulder thing uh, kind of lingers and if you want to give Dirk some rest. But we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out um, in our quest to get a uh, the eighth pick. And tomorrow we'll uh, we'll look at everybody else's remaining schedules, kind of get a feel for uh, how we think it should shake out, and maybe we'll um, we'll talk about my conversion to the church, the church of De'Aaron Fox, <laughs> over the weekend. But uh, all right, thank you for listening, and uh, Jacob, thank you for your time. All right, man, I'll see you. takes a lot to get excited about a bag but most bags can't save you 20 percent on auto parts that's 20 percent off headlamps 20 percent off oil filters 20 percent off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent napa reusable bag so tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out quality parts helpful people that's napa know-how napa know-how at participating napa auto parts stores while supplies last minimum three items exclusions apply offer ends 10 31 17